I am in a parenting series to try to help you raise young champions. I am in a marriage series to try to get you to continue to have wonderful anniversaries every year. I'm in a single series for those of you that are single to know how to be triumphant and victorious in Christ, to make your life have an impact. All right? We're looking at David and Goliath. And today is the fourth teaching. I have one more next week. I pray that you continue to um, read through the Bible. I know we're in 1 Kings, but there's so much you need to know about young David when he was a teenager and the values that he held to that eventually not only made him a king, but the lineage of the Messiah, and probably the second most important thing, called a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. And so I've been telling you about principles of winning and being victorious, and let's put up the scripture from 1 John 5, 4. The Bible talks about this. Of Christ wanting us to be victorious. Janelle, put up 1 John 5, 4. should be the uh, second PowerPoint. For whatever is born of God, if you're born again, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the ability to overcome the world. You say, I ain't overcoming. Well, most of us come to Christ as losers. And he makes us winners. Amen. But in you is the power to overcome, the power to win in life. And this is that winning, this is that victory, this is that triumph that will help you overcome this world, our faith. And that it has to do with our walk with Jesus Christ, amen? That continual walk. So I've been uh, reviewing every week, I'm doing a little review because repetition is the mother of all knowledge. And wisdom is knowledge applied. So if you want to grow in wisdom, you need to get it. It's the principle of peat and repeat. So important that you understand. Reviewing those things. Even the Apostle Peter says, it's no burden to me to continue to uh, repeat the things I've already told you. Because how many know the older you get, the more we forget? It's like like the one guy that says, I have a great memory. It's just a little short. (laughs) So we need to repeat. So let's go through these different principles that we're learning about David, that we can become giant killers and tackle the mountains, the adversities, the storms that are bound to happen in our life. They're going to come, but we can be ready for them. Amen? The first principle is giant killers don't start off as giant killers. They start small. David wasn't a soldier. David didn't take on Goliath his first time out. No one starts off with giant killing. David was nothing but a little shepherd boy doing a little small task that no one wanted to do, take care of the sheep. And then he also was a musician for the king who had a real anger problem because he had a demon that bothered him. And he would throw spears around. And David said, I'll see if I can help him with playing my little harp. You start small, all right? You're faithful in little things. God will promote you to bigger things. That's what David did. Number two, giant killers always see the potential reward. They see things differently through the eyes of faith. 
when David got to the battle, they said, do you see big Goliath? Do you see that big problem? If anyone tackles him, they get this reward. David said, tell me more about the reward. I don't want to hear about the problem. He had eyesight for the potential reward. The army had their eyes on the big problem. What do you see first? Do you see big problem, little God, or do you see big God, little problem? I think that was a tongue and interpretation today that God was trying to tell us, I'm a big God. I can handle this. Big God. Number three, giant killers must first overcome their fear. If you're ever going to have a chance to take on a Goliath problem in your life, you've got to confront your fear. And listen, everyone has fear. Let me repeat that. Everyone has fears. Now, different people are raised different. Some people are raised in fear. Different types of fears. But David was one who dealt with his fear. And what you need to know is sometimes fear is just something, a part of life. Other times, it's demonic. It is a weapon of the devil to keep you from winning, to keep you from moving forward. And if you want to take down Goliath in your life, you've got to confront your fears first, one at a time. You get a victory, celebrate. Don't go try to get another victory in the day. <laughs> One victory is enough. <laughs> All right? Confront your fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. You're going to lose a few of those battles with fear. I can tell you that right now. But don't stop confronting it. Sooner or later, you're going to win. You're going to win. All right? God's going to help you overcome, and he's going to help you to win. Number four, giant killers don't listen to what? Doubting critics. You turn away from them. Everyone has critics in life. Everyone. The greatest men of this planet and the greatest women of this planet have the greatest critics. Don't you forget that. If you want to move forward in winning, you're going to have people hate you for doing it. You keep going forward. All right? If they treated Jesus that way, what makes you think you're going to be any different? It's not going to be any different. So you can't fear criticism. Sometimes it's good criticism. Sometimes it's not. And David had an older brother named Eliab, his oldest brother, and he was always harassing David. And he judged his heart, criticized him, and you got to do to your doubting critics who are over you in your family, that are over you emotionally, over you positionally at work. Uh, you may even think they're over you spiritually. you got to do what David did. If you're going to be a giant killer, you turn your back. And you go find number five. Number five. Giant killers, you go find someone who can encourage you and not tear you down. How many of you know encouragement is not an automatic in life? <laughs> I mean, you've got to go find it. It doesn't always come find you. If you've got a good brother or sister or a good friend that encourages you, you're blessed. You're blessed. 
But David couldn't find it in his family. He had to go to some soldiers he didn't barely know to get some encouragement. And three times he said, tell me again what happens to the man that takes down this giant. I need some encouragement. Encouragement is to impart courage, to instill that courage that we all need in life. All right? Look for those friends that give you courage. Proverbs 9.12, I'm going to quote it to you. Proverbs 9.12. He who is wise is wise for themselves. And the opposite is true. Do you know what that means? If you're going to choose to be wise, you choose it for yourself. You make choices and then your choices make you. Remember that, parents. You get to make the choices, but then your choices make you. Make sure you choose friends that will encourage you. Be wise with who you let in to the privilege. Anyone who is a friend of yours, is it's a privilege to be your friend. All right? You don't go begging for friends. You test your friends. And it's a privilege for them to be your friends. And they better be encouragers. Be wise. And you'll be wise for yourself. And wisdom will bless you with it. Amen? Number six, giant killers, they win private battles. You have to learn how to win when only God is watching. Your spouse isn't watching. Your parents are not watching. No one's watching what you do sometimes. God's watching. And God wants you to win the private battles. You remember I talked about David went after the lion and he went after the bear? The lion went, grabbed the sheep, the lamb was dead. When a, when a lion gets a lamb, it dies. When a bear gets a lamb, it dies. All right, it's dead. David did not have to go after that lion. He did not have to go after that bear in his private life. But he was proven a point. No one comes into my flock and takes a sheep and kills it without paying a price. And he confronted that. And he went in the private battle and he killed the lion and the bear. There are things in your private life you have to confront. Oh, pastor, I've tried and I keep failing. Don't give up. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So what you failed? Dust off yourself, get up, and try again. Amen? Jesus' faith in you will help you succeed. Parents, when your children, when your grandchildren win the private battles, reward them. Let them taste to feel the victory. It is so important that we reward our kids when they do something that's for integrity. Or maybe they humbled themselves and they gave in to make peace. Maybe they did something good on their grades. Maybe they're doing well in a sport. And they're just, reward them. Let them know how wonderful it is for victory to feel. Learn the great feeling of winning. Because we're going to have enough feelings of losing in life. We've got to know how to win. Spouses. When your spouse does something and they win at work, they win at home, reward them. Celebrate. Celebrate. Singles, when you do something and you get rewarded at work or something else, 
Go out and celebrate yourself. We do not celebrate enough as Christians. You know that? And we should always celebrate when we win. Always celebrate. Celebrate. And know God wants you to win the private battles. Amen? All right. Now let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and let's continue with principles 7 and 8. Next week we'll finish it up with number 9 and 10. 1 Samuel 17, verse 38. Amen. I'll have you just change your position for a second. Go ahead and stand up. We'll just stand up while we read, and then I'll have you sit down. We're, we're reading uh, verses 38 to 53, all right? So Saul clothed, well, let's start in verse 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Do you hear the faith? Do you hear the faith in him? And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put on him a bronze helmet. Now remember, King Saul's like 6'5", he's big dude, he was the biggest, and David's a 17, 18-year-old teenager. So he put on him a bronze helmet on his head, he also clothed him with a coat of mail, and fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. So David came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield, his shield bearer, went before him, verse 42, and when the Philistine looked about, he saw David, he disdained him, hated him, for he was only a youth. A rudy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Cursed him. 44. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give the flesh, your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you, say it with me, in the name of the Lord of hosts. Remember that. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied this day. Listen to the faith. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you, and I will take your head. <laughs> Remember? This is a strategy that works in private. He did it with the lion. He did it with the bear. Hit them, and when they're down... Cut his head off. How many know this is a very Christ-confident, teenage-filled faith young man? He's speaking this. This day the Lord will... I'm going to take your head. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth... Here's the testimony. All the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then... 
All this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. All right. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew to meet David. David hurried and what? He ran towards the lion. He ran towards the bear. And he ran towards Goliath. Because it works. <laughs> this is how he wins. He, he ran. So he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine, verse 49. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out the stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. A better rendition is into his skull. Okay, it went right into his skull. And he fell on his face to the earth. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And he struck the Philistine and killed them. But there was no sword in his hand. God, I need a sword. Help me with the sword. God says, you're trying to win for me? I'll help you with the sword. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword. He took his enemy's sword. Drew it out of its sheath. Killed him. And what? Just like he said in faith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. You would too. <laughs> so would I. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and the gates of Ekron. And they wounded. The Philistines fell along the road. Not even going to announce it. Even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Philistines of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they what? The rewards of taking down a Philistine, a giant, a Goliath. There's always a reward of faith when you do something God wants you to do. It's always after. <laughs> but there's always a reward. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, in Jesus' name, as we talk about Lord, being giant killers like David, having a spirit of David. Lord, let your faith rise up in us. Some of us, Lord, we have some lions in our life that need to be killed. We have some bare problems and, and adversities that have struck us. We need to run after them. Lord, some of us have some Goliath, Goliath crises. Help us, Lord, to be like David to be ready to take it on. Lord, help us to win for you that our testimony, we may let the whole world know the Lord God of who we serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. Principle number seven of being a giant killer is very important. Most of us blow it here. But you need to know who you are in Christ Jesus to become comfortable with what God has created you. For 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. New creation, new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. You're not what you used to be. 
You're not yet what you want to be, but thank God you're not what you used to be. Amen? Principle number seven. Giant killers never use other people's armor. Don't ever use Saul's armor. Don't ever use your pastor's armor. Don't ever use your parents' armor. Use your own armor to fight the battles. If God be for you, who can be against you? Learn to be comfortable with who you are in Christ and don't be a Billy Graham. He only has one. Don't be a John Hagee. Don't be a Robert Morris. Don't be a Reinhard Bonnke. Be yourself. And you will win battles using your armors. David did this. Let's go to the next scripture, please. David realized that Saul clothed him with his armor and he put on a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail. Fasten his sword, and he, he couldn't even walk with the armor. Couldn't even walk. How's he going to take down Goliath when he can't even walk? Why don't you use someone else's armor? Because you don't test them. You don't win with them. You have to win with what God has given you. Every one of us have different gifts. Every one of us have different weapons of our warfare. And you've got to learn to function with what God has given to you. You know why David didn't use Saul's armor? Because he didn't beat the bear with Saul's armor. He didn't win over the lion with Saul's armor. And neither can you. You've got to use what you win in private to take on the Goliaths. How many follow me? Oh, but Saul's armor looks so good. You will fail. In Saul's, don't use someone else's armor, amen? Go to the next verse, please. So David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. Two times. I have not tested them. So David took them off. He took his staff. Did he have his staff when he beat the lion and the bear? And he chose for himself five smooth stones and his sling. That's all he had to win in private. His sling stones and a staff and i'm sure he had a knife too to cut his head off you use the things that god has equipped you with don't try to go to battle with someone else's armor and a lot of people try to do this it just doesn't work david realized it, and he said with respect to the king thank you for trying to help me win but i have to win the way i've learned to win the Lord will teach every one of you young people in the sound of my voice how to win. Now, your parents' faith will come down to you, but sooner or later, it becomes your faith. All right? The love that your parents has for the Word of God and the gifts and the talents that God has put in you. You may have gotten some of your talents from your parents, but sooner or later, they become your talents. And you've got to use what God has given you and not depend on someone else. David knew what he needed to conquer problems, crises, adversities, lions, bears, Goliaths, and he knew he had everything he needed as a shepherd. He was comfortable being himself. You've got to learn to be comfortable being yourself in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 
God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's all you need to know is you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You go forward in that righteousness and you will win. There's a funny story in the book of Acts. Janelle, maybe if you can go there, Acts 19 verse 11. There's a funny story of these Jews who were exorcists and they went around casting out demons. And remember I told you, every level you get, every level you win, new levels bring what? New devils? Well, these exorcists went, and they were casting up demons, and they came against a Goliath demon. And uh, I'm going to read it to you. Acts chapter 19, Janelle, if you can get there. Acts 19, 11. All right. Funny story of what happens when you use someone else's armor, all right? Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Paul had the working of miracles. That was a part of his gifts, all right? So that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and what? Evil spirits went out of them. I mean, that's quite a gift. That's, that's a great weapon to destroy the works of darkness. Then some itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Whose armor are they trying to use? Paul's. <laughs> also, there were seven sons of Sceva, the Jewish priests, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. <laughs> Paul I know. Who are you? And guess what the Goliath demon does? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, beat them to a pulp, prevailed against them, stripped their clothes off them naked, that they fled out naked. This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them, and the, what? Now, I'm not telling you if you use someone else's arm or someone's going to beat you up and strip you and throw you out in the street. But it happened to these seven. Don't use someone else's armor. Find out what you're gifted with. What are you talented with? God gave you everything you need to have to make you a winner in this life. It may be faith. It may be the gift of healing. It may be intercession. It may be the shepherd. It may be a missionary. It may be some skills. It may be a teacher. It may be an engineer. It may be a mechanic. I don't know what skills and talents that God gave you. But there's an anointing on your life to help you win no matter what the battle. Don't try to be someone else. David wants you to be yourself. You've got to be comfortable in yourself. Pastor, I'm not comfortable myself. Welcome to the club. It takes time. It takes time. Little by little, you grow. And God equips you. And you find out your gifts. Ephesians 2.10, let me quote it. 
It says, for you are God's workmanship. Every one of you God has created as a masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus, which God has before ordained that you should walk in good works. God has good works for you to do. Good works for you to accomplish in winning battles and problems and crises and adversities. You have everything you need. Now go and use your armor. Use your armor. How many are with me? The answer is what David said. I have not tested these. I haven't tested. I can't go to battle with these. So he grabs his staff. He keeps his shepherd's garment on. Takes his sling. Goes down to the brook. Grabs the five stones. And he kills him. And he kills him. How does he kill him? Two things. First, by using his gifts. And number two has to do with principle number eight. This is how you win giant killers. Let's put up number eight, Janelle, if you would. Giant killers use... Parents, are you listening? Teach your children and grandchildren to use the name of the Lord. David said... He didn't come out there some little cocky, arrogant little teen. going to cut your head off. No. He said, you have defied my God, the God of the armies of Israel. And this day I will cut your head off. And when I'm done, the whole earth will hear my testimony of a 17-year-old boy cut his head off because you defied it. I come against you in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. You've got to learn to use that. I quoted the scripture to the children, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. All right? Fixing your car, putting up drywall, patching the roof, do it all in the name of the Lord. And all your ways acknowledge him. Not just when you're looking for a job, not when you're just looking to buy the next car, Every day you use the name of the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen? Go to the next verse, if you would, Janelle. This is what David did. You come to me with the sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. You mocked my God. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head. Beautiful. Use the name of the Lord. Use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the name that has all power. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war after the flesh, for the weapons of our, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not swords and javelins and spears. We use spiritual weapons. And one of those weapons is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Sometimes we run to the tower, but how many know when Goliath's outside, we got to know when to run out of the tower and run towards Goliath? John 1.12 But as many as received him 
To them gave he power to become the sons of God. The day that you repented of your sin and asked Jesus to come into your life, that day the power of the name of Jesus took away the guilt of your sins and made you a new creation in Christ. The power that is in the name. So important that we use that name. There was a preacher one time talking about the power of Jesus' name and he was talking on a Bible study and he was taking questions and in the middle of his teaching, a lawyer interrupted him and said, are you telling me that Jesus Christ has given every follower the power of attorney to use his name? And the preacher said, yes. I'm telling you that Jesus Christ has given every follower the power of attorney. Now let me ask you, being a lawyer, tell us what the power of attorney is. He says, it depends how much authority is behind the name and how much power is behind the name. He says, well, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. All authority. And now I'm giving you what is called delegated authority. Now, therefore, you go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's the power in the name. But how many know the name doesn't work if we take it in vain one day and then say, oh, Jesus, help me the next? How many know if we ask God to GD that person because we're mad, one breath, and we say, oh, Jesus, please give me a raise? How many know it don't work that way? How many know the Bible says holy is his name? Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You can't take the name of the Lord in vain out of one side of your breath and then say, oh, Jesus, help me. I'm laying hold of the power of your name. You can't do that. Thank God you got a pastor to tell you the truth. Because some people treat the name of Jesus like it's a genie. Just going just to rub that little thing. Live any way I want, rub that little thing. He's not your genie. He's a holy God. And you've got to be in right relationship with him to use the name. Now here's the good news. Pastor, my weakness is a foul mouth. God has atoned for that. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us. All right? Different people have different weaknesses. Some people have potty mouths. I had a potty mouth when I used to play sports a lot. God had to deliver me from that. But make sure you don't let that be a lifestyle. Let the Holy Spirit convict you and say, Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. All right? David didn't take down Goliath with a potty mouth. He was in right relationship with God. And I want to make sure that when you take on lions and bears and Goliath issues in your life, you're not doing it in presumption, but you're doing it in faith. And you're doing it the way Jesus said. One last scripture, and I'll close with this. John 16, 24. 
Jesus said to his disciples, Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Now ask that your joy might be full. One of the reasons God wants you to call on the name of the Lord Jesus is that he can answer your prayers and he can give you joy. How many need a little more joy in your life? I do. That's the power of prayer. All right? It's not to condemn you because you're, call, you're falling up short, because you may have a weakness of profanity. It's getting right with God. Getting right with God. And then using the name in right relationship. All right? And then that scripture. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy might be full. Amen? Next scripture, Janelle. David was right with the Lord before he went out to take on Goliath. And he said in a testimony to everyone, faith-filled words, then all the assembly shall know that the Lord doesn't save a sword or spear. You know what? You don't have to be a great person for God to help you win victories in your life. You don't have to be skilled. You don't even have to be super smart. You don't have to have a bachelor's or a master's or a doctorate. You just have to know that God called you the way you were and he loves you too much to leave you that way and he's working on a Christ in you, the hope of glory, and he's given you an anointing for you to go forth and to win so that your life would be a testimony both down here and up there. The Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Our hands. How many know when we say the battle is the Lord's, you still have to fight sometimes? Sometimes the Lord will fight some battles for you, but he won't fight them all. Sometimes he'll say, you got this. Go in my name. And that's what you do. I want to close with an encouraging word. There is a church of Corinth that was a Pentecostal church like ours, and they were full of so many rascals, so many issues in the church of Corinth. They had the gifts of the Spirit, and people were getting saved, but they had forgotten about the salvation that God had given to them. And some of them started going backwards into their former life before they came to Christ. And uh, maybe you can find this scripture for me, Janelle. It's 1 Corinthians 6, 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. So Paul writes them to remind them that who they were is not who they are anymore. All right? So he wrote them. And he said, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? These are the people who are not going to heaven. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, sex outside of marriage, idolaters, people who worship idols, adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunks, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. He's, oh, Paul, you're getting strong. Look at the next verse. 
Read it with me. And such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Do you see the power of the Lord Jesus? It can change. It can cleanse us. It can make us a new creation. I think the Lord is telling me today to encourage you, you're not using the name of the Lord enough. Don't just use it at the dinner table and when you open your Bible. Use it on the job. Use it at the coffee shop. Use it at the grocery store. Use it rightly when someone cuts you off. Every time someone cuts me off, I pray, I say, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy. And I often pray that because one time I didn't, and that person got in a car accident three miles up the road. And I said, no, it's the car that cut me off. I said, I will always pray for God to have mercy on someone who cuts me off. You could, that's the power of the name. And you got the power of attorney to use it. You can use it. Amen.